as a high school student, in the next few years, I'll make some major life decisions about where I'll go to college and whether I'll riddle myself with decades of student debt. How will I make the best decision? My guest today, Dr. Maria Konnikova, had a similar question about her own life. How do you assess a situation and decide the best option for yourself? And if fate pulls a fast one on you, how do you react accordingly? In search of answers to these questions, Dr. Konnikova, a journalist and PhD in psychology, tackled the game that best simulates our constant decision-making in life. And what is that game? It might surprise you. It's poker. For her New York Times best-selling 2020 book, The Biggest Bluff, Dr. Konnikova took a deep dive into poker and ended up becoming an international poker champion and winner of over $300,000 in tournament earnings. In this episode of Aiming for the Moon, We'll discuss what this taught her about decision-making and how we can apply these skills to our own lives. Besides being a poker champion, Dr. Maria Konnikova is the author of Mastermind and the Confidence Game. She's a regular contributing writer for The New Yorker and has written for The Atlantic, The New York Times, Slate, The New Republic, The Paris Review, The Wall Street Journal, Salon, The Boston Globe, Scientific America, Wired, and Smithsonian, among many other publications. Her writing has won numerous awards, including the 2019 Excellence in Science Journalism Award from the Society of Personality and Social Psychology. Dr. Konnikova also hosts the podcast The Grift from Panoply Media and is currently a visiting fellow at NYU's School of Journalism. Her podcasting work earned her a National Magazine Award nomination in 2019. She graduated from Harvard University and received her PhD in psychology from Columbia University. And with that... I am Taylor Bledsoe, and this is the Aiming for the Moon podcast, where I interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. If you like what you hear today, please rate the podcast and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook at Aiming the Number Four Moon. And you can check out our website, aimingforthemoon.com, for links to our merchandise, lessons from interesting people newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. And you can check out all of my other meanderings at taylorgbledsoe.com. And with that, Sit back, relax, and listen in. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome so much, Dr. Konnikova. Did I say that correctly? You did say that correctly, and please feel free to call me Maria. Okay, Maria, well, thank you so much for coming on the interview. I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so happy to be here. It's so fun that you're doing this. Well, thank you. So you are the author of The Biggest Bluff. And the thing that's interesting about it is you went from a journalist to a professional poker player. People, when they think of poker, they don't, they kind of think it's gambling. And it's like, why would a journalist get involved in this? So to start off, why did you get involved in poker? Like, why did you pursue this journey? Yeah, that's a great question. And one that I would have asked myself because I'm not someone who ever had any interest in poker or any games. I don't play games, really. Um, You know, when people have games night at home, like you play board games. I hate that. I just want to go in a corner and read um, (laughs) and let everyone else in the family play the board games. We didn't even have cards growing up. We didn't have a deck of cards in the house. Um, And I got into it from a very different angle because I was curious about the role that luck plays in our lives and how we can learn to tell the difference between the things that we do control and the things that we don't. Um, And poker um, actually is something that I came across in the work of John von Neumann, who's a game, who I was going to say is a game theorist, but he invented game theory. So he's the father of game theory. And he was a poker player and game theory actually came from poker. And that's when I learned 
from his book that poker was actually not gambling, that poker was a skill game and a skill game, not just any skill game, but a game that really approximated decision-making in life. So von Neumann has this really cool comparison with chess and he says chess is boring uh, because it's a game of perfect information, right? Do you play chess at all? Yes, I do actually play chess. Um, so, I, I find, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah great. So I don't. Um, I My chess career ended in elementary school when 10-year-old me was beaten by a five-year-old that, that did not do <laughs> wonders for my ego. <laughs> So, so we, uh, that would, that was it for my chess career. But, um, so you know that chess though is a game where theoretically there's a right move, right? You have all the pieces, you know how they move, you see the board, you see everything your opponent is doing, you have all the information there and it's on you to make the right decision. And that's not life because think about the decisions you make in life. Do you have the perfect board? Do you see all the pieces? Do you see your opponent? No, like there's so much unknown. And so what he said is that's poker because poker and life are both games of incomplete information. You know, what I know, what you know, what we both know. Um, and our job is to make the best decision possible with incomplete information, knowing that we don't know everything, that we'll never know everything. And he was a mathematician, von Neumann. Math is not my strong suit. You know, I'm a writer um, and a psychologist. But he said, you know, math can't solve this alone because it's about the human element. It's about psychology. It's about dynamics and interactions. And coming from a mathematician, that really meant something to me, you know, that that really said something. And so I thought, huh, you know, let me look into this poker thing. And it ended up being the perfect way for me to explore all the themes I wanted to. So I decided I was going to dive in, find someone great to teach me and learn from scratch. And as you said, I ended up um, going pro for a few years. Not anymore. Now I'm back to writing full-time, but I still play poker. It's, it's always going to be a, a part of my life. And it was a journey of discovery and self-discovery. I recommend it to everyone. I mean, don't quit your day job, but learn poker. <laughs> <laughs> so what did poker teach you about the world? Like, what did you learn about yourself and about just what skills did you pick up along the way? Well, I think that the most, actually, I won't say the most important because everything is important, but poker definitely made me a much better decision maker. Someone who is much better able to differentiate the process of making a decision from the outcome of that decision. Because in real life, it's so easy to conflate the two. And we usually do, right? If something goes well, you say, oh, it was the right decision, right? Because the, the result was good. And if something doesn't go bad, you say, oh, I made the wrong decision, right? It was where something else happened, but you're not happy with it because the result was bad. And so we use them to mean the exact same thing, but that's not true, right? You can make the right decision and it can go badly and you can make the wrong decision and be a luck box and be totally lucky. And all of a sudden good things happen, but it's not because of something you did. It's almost in spite of yourself. I mean, we've all been there. Right? We, we've done something really stupid and we get rewarded for it. doesn't mean we should do that stupid thing again. It means we just got lucky. And poker is really, really good at helping you disentangle those and pull them apart and realize that your job is to keep making good decisions, but that doesn't mean they're always going to go well because life is probabilistic, right? There's no such thing as complete certainty. There's no such thing as 100%. You never know what's going to happen. We don't know the future. We don't know what cards are going to come. And so all we can do is make the best decision now 
put ourselves in a position to get lucky and in a position to win and then let the cards come. So in poker, there's this idea of a bad beat, which means you made the right decision and then it didn't go your way. So your job, as I said, is to put your money in as a favorite, put yourself in a position to get lucky. So say you make a decision, you get all your chips in the middle, you turn your cards over and you're an 80% favorite. I mean, you should be celebrating, right? That's amazing. That means that 80% of the time you're going to get all the money. And that's amazing. That means over the long term, you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be a kajillionaire if you keep doing that over and over and over. What's going to happen 20% of the time? You're going to lose, right? You made the right decision, but you're going to lose because 80 is not 100. You can put your money as a 98% favorite. What's going to happen 2% of the time? You're going to lose. Did you make the wrong decision? No. And otherwise, you know, what if you're on the other side? What if you're the idiot who flips over your cards and you realize that you're on the 20% and you win? Oops, like don't do that again, right? You messed up and you got lucky. And so in poker, because you're constantly doing that, you learn to tell the difference and you learn to put your money where your mouth is, right? Which is kind of important because oftentimes, we don't. We're overconfident. We say things, oh yeah, no, that's definitely true. You know, we that's absolutely going to happen, all these things. And we're so confident in our opinions and we're so confident in what we're doing. Now ask, you know, well, what if I had to put money on it? Am I that confident still? And all of a sudden you're forced to recalibrate and say, oh, maybe I'm not that confident, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not willing to bet that much on it. So I think doing that over and over at the poker table is such a valuable teaching tool. It's such a potent way of learning about probabilities, about the fact that you know you can make the right decision and it doesn't go well, and you can make the wrong decision and it goes well. And those two things are separate. And so all you can do is just keep keep thinking well, keep refining your process, keep making the right decision and ignore the rest. And I think the other part of it, other than decision-making is emotion. Right? Because poker is really emotional and you're constantly, I mean, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure there. And some people you know, compare it to other types of sports because it's a mind sport and you're definitely an athlete in that sense. And so you have to keep calm and be able to perform well under pressure. And I think that's such an important tool because no matter how smart you are and how much you know, and in theory, how prepared you are, if you can't perform when the lights are on you and when the time pressure is on and when everything's going on, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, all those college athletes who are great in college, then they get recruited to a professional uh, team. And some of them who are great recruits end up choking. They don't do well at all because they can't perform under the bright lights, their mental game, their psychology isn't up to par. Um, and I think that that's kind of, that's at the heart of poker as well, that in order to be a successful, good player, you have to know it, sure, but you also have to have a strong mental game. You need to be able to perform. And I think that's where being a psychologist really helped me as well. So what then is the biggest bluff, as the name of your book implies? Yeah, um, the biggest bluff is kind of this thing that we have to tell ourselves over and over that we actually have more control than we do. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you know, what I learned is that no matter what you do, luck is the stronger factor. We're lucky to be born. We're, you and I are so lucky to be alive, to be sitting here having this conversation. I mean, how many things had to go right for this conversation to happen? How lucky are we? Right, And, and that's 
something that we shouldn't take for granted. And so I think that that's kind of the the bluff that we have to tell ourselves over and over and over that we are more in control than we actually are, because otherwise you'd kind of despair. You'd say, oh, well, then nothing matters, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all about luck. Well, no, because your decisions matter and skill matters and all of those things do matter. And you can change things in the immediate term. You know, you can change your decisions. You can change how you feel. And yet at the end of the day, you have to be aware of the fact that there are all these forces out there that you can't control and you have to be okay with that. You have to just be able to let it go to be a little bit zen about it. And that's really hard, but it's, I think it's a bluff that's very important and that's very worthwhile. So we're running out of time here. So I want to wrap up with the last two questions that we ask all of our guests. The first one is what books have had an impact on you? Oh boy. So many books have had an impact on me. Um, Let's start from the ones that people probably wouldn't expect. Um, So I am a nonfiction writer, but I read mostly fiction and poetry. And so I want to encourage all of your listeners to add that into their life if they don't have that already. Um, So I grew up reading a lot of Russian poets, but I think the poet who's made kind of the two poets who've made the biggest impact on me were W.H. Auden, um, whose work I really recommend. He was an English poet and Joseph Brodsky, who was Russian, um, but ended up living in the United States and writing in English um, for a big period of time. He also wrote nonfiction. So as if people want nonfiction, read his essays. (laughs) Those are great. Um, And when I was, I think the books that had the biggest impact on me when I was a kid were classics like Winnie the Pooh and The Little Prince and Alice in Wonderland. Those are books that I recommend everyone reread as an adult because I actually think that they're all adult books and not actually children's books. So those are some of the recommendations that I think people would be surprised to hear. (laughs) And of course, you know, I, I love the classics and I also love keeping up with modern literature. So if it's good fiction, um, you know, I'm there everything from Fitzgerald F. Scott Fitzgerald to Neil Gaiman, who's, you know, alive and well and writing amazing things today. Um, so I, I hope that people dive into that world and they realize that it's so rich and it can be much richer oftentimes than nonfiction. Fitzgerald and Gaiman are two of my favorite uh, authors of all time. So that's always great to hear them in um, recommended books. And so our last question is, what advice do you have for teenagers? What advice do I have for teenagers? I would say, don't think how something is going to be useful to you. Just follow your curiosity and do things because they truly interest you and try to make the most out of time. And don't be worried about, you know, oh, is this a career that's going to make me money? Is this a skill that's going to be important to me 10 years down the line? Because you never know. This goes back to chance. You don't know what your life is going to be like. You don't know what's going to end up being useful. There's so many things. Like if you'd asked me 10 years ago, if you had said, oh, Maria, did you know you were going to play poker? I would have said, ha, 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 (laughs) that's a very funny joke, right? Like you just, you don't know. And the way my career has gone, it's been like zigzag, I don't know, swirlies all over the place. It has definitely not been A to B to C, and it's definitely not something I ever planned out. So I would say, you know, embrace opportunities. Don't think you know it all and stay curious, stay open-minded because I think that's the greatest gift that we have. You know, the interesting thing is we've talked to all these authors and all these creative people and all these just interesting people as our tagline implies. 
And that's their number one advice. It's always be able to pivot, be able to be curious and don't and just kind of go along the way and um, take advantage of your opportunities as you have them. And, and I think that's a very interesting pattern that seemed to sprout up that has seemed to have sprouted up. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people get to where they are, not because they planned it out. And they said, okay, you know, this is, this is what's going to get me there. Um, and I think the thinkers that I admire the most are the ones who've kind of embraced the spark. And if you look at the people who've been my mentors throughout my life, like my graduate advisor, who unfortunately um, died a few years back, Walter Michelle, he was someone who just was a kid. You know, he died in his 80s and was still one of the youngest people I'd ever met, right? He was excited and about everything. Everything just was joyful to him. And he was so grateful for every single day he was alive. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's who I want to be when I grow up, someone who looks at life and says, wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our discussion. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully all of you guys enjoyed it. If you liked it, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at aiming the number four moon. If you go to our website, aimingforthemoon.com, you can find links to our merch, the Lessons from Interesting People newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. Yeah, if you want to see any of my other meanderings, go to taylorgledso.com. And with that, Again, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to set your sights high and aim for the moon.